Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. For purposes of today's video, I am going to forego all announcements. So all I will say is that if that you need to understand anything about the Master's Voice Prophecy blog, please look underneath the video in the description box and you can find all the information that you could possibly want about this ministry. If for purposes of uploading frequently, I have not filled in all the video descriptions, please just be a little diligent go back a few videos until you find one that has information under it and then whatever it is that you need from there you can find it today's video is going to be a lengthy one uh, i'm going to integrate many subjects that the lord was saying even as i was writing down the notes that he was giving me so today's video is going to contain very old dreams because i am currently bringing out all the things that the lord had told me not to speak about many years ago and now i am currently bringing them out because he said that everything should be made known to the people because all the things that have been said so far and all the things that have not yet been covered the lord will still perform all of them and therefore people should have a full understanding so this dream is going to contain some very old dreams a few years back this dream is going to contain some information that the lord has actually just given me today as i was compiling things and trying to find a pathway through this information and the main dream is going to look at things of a future that is coming so i will read the banner scripture and then we will get started but before that, I would like you to understand what the Master's Voice Prophecy blog is. This blog is speaking of things of the past. This blog is speaking of things of the now. This blog is speaking of things of the future. Now that we are in the now, let us remember that the now that we are in is not the now that we were in three or four years ago. So I started this work on in may of 2019 and in may of 2019 i was writing down things that stretch all the way from 2012 up unto 2019 what i had when i was speaking in 2019 people found that the things i was saying are fantastical they're finding it difficult what does she mean that we will enter a world of hybrids what does she mean that we will enter a world of nephilim and giants what does she mean that Donald Trump won't win the 2020 election. Well, now we have come into a now time where the things I was saying three or four years ago, we are now seeing the shape of them. I started on the blog speaking about things about the destruction of America, but also speaking about things such as Russia and China, the rise of them, how America, American hegemony would be broken, America's uniform and unilateral control over the whole world as almost the single superpower would be broken. And now here we are, we are seeing all the things that I spoke about starting to show up on the TV. And so people can understand that God back then knew what would be happening now. So if you have been here long enough to observe this pattern, then you already know what I'm going to say. The things that I'm speaking about now are going to be the things that you will see in the future. That means they are not here now. So their presence not being here now is not a good enough reason for you not to believe because you saw what happened before. Let previous patterns inform your understanding of what is coming. This dream is talking about things that none of us want to be the victim of. 
This was a stressful dream for me. I had this dream on July 4th, 2023. It was extremely clear and the emotions that I had in this dream were very real to me. This dream put me in a lot of distress, a lot of mental distress, emotional distress. I'm not only speaking about when I woke up and contemplated what I had just seen, I'm speaking about my demeanor in the dream. This dream is called replication, clones and giants replication which means to create multiples of a thing to replicate means to have and make and create more than one it doesn't mean to just make one or make two replication usually speaks to when you hear that term it's a biological term and they're talking about multiplication of cells and we know how fast cells multiply you have one cell and within 10 minutes there's a second one and within three more minutes there's six and twelve and within an hour you got hundreds replication clones and giants on the master's voice i've spoken extensively about the fact that we are going into a future and it already exists now in which this thing called clones which is a replicate another version of something i think the most famous one i know of is dolly the sheep that may probably be the only one that i know of the only legal one that they ever told us about but as i shared in an old dream i have wisdom from my father when i was just a young girl not even a teen and he was telling us as we were watching a children's show and we thought we were watching a movie he told us whatever it is that you see on american tv it doesn't matter what they say they have had it for 50 years or more and by the time it makes it to the television it is something that they have already had or it's something that they are already doing it so if we found out about dolly the sheep at a certain time in scientific history that means that long before dolly the sheep ever hit the news cloning had been taking place and also giants i have shared here on the master's voice about giants there are many old videos there's an entire playlist about giants the supernatural playlist about giants and the nephilim and so here it is i dreamt in this dream that my dna had been taken from somewhere that i'd been before and was about to be used to make a giant yes i repeat my dna had been taken from somewhere that i'd been before and was about to be used to make a giant and not any ordinary Nephilim. So I've spoken of the different types of Nephilim, and I've always said that uh, while people are fascinated with the other ones that have extreme heights and the other types of things that will be back, the Nephilim that I feel that we should all be wary of are highly designed and advanced Nephilim that have been bred, not by people, but among themselves using satanic knowledge and satanic wisdom and tools technology to make beings that look just like us the most dangerous thing is something that looks like you that is seeded in the population and you don't know that it's not human it's not a part of your everyday understanding it's not a person it's not real it's not human it doesn't have a soul and yet it's living in the human society it's talking like us it's crying like us it's having emotions it's out there falling in love it's out there sleeping with women i have covered all these things and so it was not an ordinary nephilim that they wanted to use my dna for it was a giant that they wanted to use my DNA for. And the thought of this thing was so abhorrent to me that it ended up in a bitter court battle between me and what was called a replication company. So it's a corporate entity, it's a business, um, 
and the, this type of business is going to come up. They, they, these things, they may be private now. I, I'm not going to say that I don't think they exist. These things are not going to poof into existence. This is a replication company, and this company specialized in getting to itself the rights to share, sell, and pass on the DNA of their company, of their customers to someone else. So the way that I understood in this dream that they got my DNA was I had received services somewhere else. So I had received services somewhere normal. And my suspicion in this dream, the suspicion that I, inside the dream, not outside, the suspicion that I was having in the dream as I was fighting this case is that they took my DNA from the hospital. And that's because they, they kept fighting me with authorized release forms that had my signature. So I don't wanna get ahead of myself. I ended up finding out, probably through receiving some kind of paper, some kind of notice, from a replication company that they were going to use my DNA to make a giant. And I said, who and what and where do you think this is going to happen? And I went to fight this case. And when I found out that they wanted to make a, a giant, not even a human looking person, but something huge, I it ended in a court battle. And now we were fighting over the right of these people to share or pass on my DNA to someone else. And it was DNA that had been given to them with tacit agreement tacit agreement is when you sign something and you don't know what else it has behind it tacit agreement is for instance these were some of the most famous cases back in the day is that you sign you you get a ticket you go to these parking garages you know the parking garages that have level one level two level three four five six these places where you can park your car in the city for for a day and then you can go into the city by train and work and then come back so when you when you drive through you simply put some money into the machine and then it gives you a little ticket nobody ever looks at that ticket you put the ticket in and then you drive in what happens for instance if an accident causes the heavy stone slab on one of the levels to collapse on your car then you want to sue the parking garage you think what you guys have damaged my car and they say oh well sir if you read the contract and you say what contract you go to court and you fight these people and you think you're going to win and they will wait quietly and when the judge asks them do you have any evidence what they used to do is produce their tiny little parking ticket and the parking ticket at the, the big thing will say number 76 car number 76 but then there's this tiny print at the bottom and it says, you agree that by parking at the lucky car garage, all damages that may be sustained by your car are not the fault of the lucky car garage. Once you took that ticket and you went in there and anything happened to your car, lucky car garage was not liable because it is presumed that you saw the ticket and you read everything on it before you went in. That is tacit agreement. Tacit agreement means that you're agreeing to the big print, but you don't know that there's a small print, but you are liable for both sizes of print. And so this company got my DNA by tacit agreement because the hospital was in cahoots with these types of companies. And by signing release forms at the hospital, it turned out that the hospital had the right to pass on extremely sensitive information about a a, a customer, a client, a patient like DNA to these replication companies. And so this thing said that there was implicit understanding that my biological material was being given and that whatever could be done with it could be done with it. This was their argument in the case. My argument in the case, for some reason in that future world, 
it's a strong argument in this world, but in that future world, my argument was so weak that I could not get a lawyer. I could not find any lawyer who was willing to stand up for me and fight my case. And I ended up having to fight my case alone. My argument was that as long as there is no intention, as long as they could not prove any intention that when I went into any hospital or wherever else it is that I had gone, that I had any intention of my DNA being used beyond the specific purpose that I went in for. So you go in and the doctor tells you, you're not looking well, and we need to get one or two blood tests. My intention in order to find out what is wrong with me would simply be, let me get the blood test. But now you take this blood and you pass on a portion of it in your own DNA selling scheme. It was not my intention to give DNA for your scheme. This was my argument, but in that future world, my argument was as weak as salt being dissolved in water. This case was not going well for me. And so this replication company got hold of my DNA and the Lord made me know when I woke up that the reason they were not even planning to make a normal human clone that looks like me was malice. The Lord says they want to make a giant because it's you because it's you they want to make an example they want to be vicious they want to be vindictive because it's you and why wouldn't that be the case as it is right now human beings cannot stand the truth of the master's voice i want to make it known to north america that a large contingent many people think oh the channel is going far and wide and people are hearing it i want to let you know that simply by looking at the stats of this channel it has come to my understanding god leading me into understanding more technical things about the internet that i may not understand it's come to my understanding that when i'm putting these videos up and i'm laboring so hard and i'm putting them on all the multiple platforms that he told me to there is an option that many people are choosing and it is called do you want to see this and i shared this with the facebook audience and i told them it is completely your choice if you will cast away the information that God is giving you or if you will listen to it. Many people, because when they hear a political prophecy that says that their favorite son is an idol or they hear that this other person will fall or they hear that their favorite bishop will not continue or their favorite singer will be struck down for being a sorceress, they become touched with the pains of their personal beliefs. And then Facebook says often because this channel is what it is, do you want to see this content? And many people are clicking no. And when you click no, what that does is the algorithm completely alters the target markets. So there are many people in North America that have seen one video in the United States that have seen one video and they are so touched with aggravation and frustration that they click, I don't want to see this false prophet. And that immediately causes the algorithm to turn away all the knowledge that could save them in the future. So as a result, the target market of the master's voice is rapidly becoming Africa first, South America second, and then Europe third. And the people who are at the center of the prophecies of the master's voice are choosing not to listen. And that too is their decision. And so the Lord told me that they're, 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 they're doing this because it's you. It's an act of malice. This is what he told me when I woke up and I was asking in shock, what was this? This dream confused, confused the daylights out of me. 
just because of what was going on. And so I had no lawyer and I fought the case myself. I did my best, but as you can understand, because of the type of case, because of the type of thing that was going on, this matter touched me in my core. I am a full understander of what it means to be created in the image of God. I have taught this thing here with all my heart since I started the blog, that you don't know how precious the gift of being human is. People are out there talking about, no, we're secretly Anunnaki and there's a missing key inside us and we're waiting for the, the other Anunnaki to come back and, and, and unlock that key. They have the missing puzzle piece to who we are. People are out there talking about their star seed, star children, they're from the serious dog star, they're angels and this and that. And all I can tell you is all these unholy, unclean beliefs, you are canceling yourself out of the redemptive truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is that we are man created in the image of God, fallen from grace because of pride and disobedience. And we have need of a savior to restore us to one ship and fellowship with God without confession of sin, without laying it bare on the rock before God, confessing our sin, and telling God that we are sorry for what we are and who we are so that we can receive mercy in our time of need. The blood of Jesus that cleanses our robes white as snow. Isaiah 1 and 18. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash them as white as snow. Though they be crimson, I will make them as white as the lamb's wool. If you do not receive God's offer to cleanse your wickedness and iniquity that all flesh has off of you, and you are out in the bushes, out in the weeds, professing that you are an Anunnaki and you are a star seed and you were originally born green, but the sun has turned you brown, whatever common madness is being disseminated widely in this nation because the times are times of madness and you let go of the promise and the hope of eternal life in Christ Jesus. You will hate it when the storylines fall away and we are all standing before the judgment seats of the only wise judge, God Almighty. I prize humanity. I am a fierce protector of what we are. And so this case went to my core, so much so that I often needed relief in the courtroom. I was arguing so passionately for human sovereignty, mine, not anyone else's. I was arguing for my own selfhood, my own right to continue as the only one of me. That the judge became sympathetic to my position. Sometimes I was almost in tears and sometimes my voice went far beyond what is a moderate tone. And, the, and I would ask for a recess and the judge would always grant it. And then I would try to go outside and collect myself during this case. I was fighting for my life. I was fighting for the right not to have, not just a clone, for they did not want to make a clone. I was fighting for the right not to become a nine foot, 19 foot or 90 foot replicated creature that would be walking around with my face on it. I was emotional and I was alone and the trial was not even on TV. 
It was so empty in the courtroom that even in the dream, Dream Celestial was wondering, where are all the people? How is this not a national case? Where is everyone to come and witness this landmark, benchmark case of someone wanting to create a giant out of a human being's DNA? But when I woke up and I asked, yeah, I asked him, I said, Father, why were there no people in my courtroom? And he told me, my daughter, at the time that you saw this dream, at the future time that these things will be, this act had been done so many times that it was basically old news. People at that time had already accepted clones and giants into society. Please listen. I'm not talking about these NBA players that are coming out. They've been creeping out for years. 6'3", and we're like, well, that's a tall boy. And then 6'5", and I'm like, well, that's it. And then 6'8", and we're like, well, that is unorthodox. And then 7'1", and 7'4", and 7'7". And they keep coming out like that, and everyone is just, oh, he's so tall. And that's as far as the thinking goes. And I will say no more about that. They had peaked eight feet. The height of living beings walking around, whether they were pretending to be human anymore or whether they had simply come out and said, yeah, we're not with you, but we want to live with you. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Daniel should have said something like, and men will totally go along with it. But all he said is that this mingling will not continue forever. As iron cannot cleave to the clay, he said. That's how they will not be able to cleave to us. This also means, and I've shared it from some of the recent prophecies, such as the mighty men are returning. They will not be able to pass themselves off as us. This means that you have to be vigilant. You have to be watchful and discerning. This is not only using your external mechanism, like your eyes and your ears, to make a value judgment about what you're looking at. This is also needing to cry out to God for true spiritual discernment, the real kind, not the fake kind that operates in America by feelings. I, I have a feeling about this. No, nobody cares about feeling. You discern by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is actually what discernment is. The presence of the Spirit to listen to a complete sermon and tell you the Spirit preaching inside this person is unclean. It is not of God. It is not of me. He speaks the wisdom of the serpent. Flee this live broadcast. That is discernment. The spirit to listen to things that hurt your ears. And you want to flee the broadcast. And the Holy Spirit says, stay parked right here. This is my messenger that brings you truth. This person is telling you what he or she has received or of me. For when the spirit comes, he will take of what is mine and make it known to you. It is the Holy Spirit who splits the cake and tells you this part is rotten, but this part is of me. You cannot do this on your own. And this is why I tell people all the time, what you think is discernment is often not it. It is a mixture of what you already believe. It is a mixture of what you've already been taught. It is a very strong mix of sensory perceptions, meaning that if you look at something, you don't like the presentation, you don't like the way it sounds, you don't like the way it makes you feel. If you feel convicted, offended, you automatically take your, your flesh, your fleshly being under heat and being fried by words. And then you say that that's my discernment. I don't like it. Your flesh is not comfortable. But the fact is that if your flesh is very big, your poor little spirit is like an almond, a tiny little nut behind that big wall of your flesh. And your spirit is being blocked from receiving truth all because you don't like the packaging. 
The Lord told me to say early on in my early videos that people should not pay attention to how I speak. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. And my speech and my preaching were not using persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, so that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is verses 4 and 5. God said, tell them to stop paying attention to whether you're using words and whether you speak eloquently because those things are immaterial. And I told people in the old videos during the COVID vaccine era, I told you that if you listen because the speech is pleasant and the speech is this, you can easily be deceived by an orator. An orator is one who speaks well. Hitler was an orator. So was Lenin. So was Mussolini. And so was Barack Obama. So was Bill Clinton. People fell for all of them. People fell for John F. Kennedy because of the smoothness of the words, the expression. This means if God sends you life-saving end times truth, but the messenger is shy and unsure and not able to deliver without stuttering, you will reject what he's saying simply because you don't have the patience to wait until he or she can get over the stutter, get over the shyness and find the word or find what they want to say. People are destroying themselves against that wall of flesh and the penalty to pay for that is destruction because when the deceptions really, really ramp up and you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead, Holy Spirit lead, you will be at such a disadvantage and you can be harmed in ways that might be permanent. And so the Lord said that the time that I was looking at in this dream, it is a time to come. So you cannot disbelieve because you don't see it yet. No longer with, I don't believe it because I don't see it. That's, that's child level operation of faith. That's Thomas saying, I see the rest of you in this room are very excited. And I see you all giving the same testimony that Jesus was here, but I wasn't here and I didn't see it. So I don't believe I won't believe it. In fact, not only does he have to appear, but I need to put my hand into that cut side and I need to put my finger into this wound. And Jesus was right there. And he was saying, seriously, Thomas, I taught you and this is the best you can do. And Jesus embarrassed Thomas in his gentle rebuking way. And he said that the ones who come after you, Thomas, will not have an opportunity to, be, to see me because I won't keep showing myself to them. But he said that they will be more blessed for blessed are those who believe without seeing. What a roasting from the Lord. And so the Lord said that in the times that are coming or in the times that I saw, People had already accepted clones into society, just as I spoke of last year. They had already accepted giants into society, just as I said, since 2021. And he said that anyone who was still standing against what will be very common science of replicating DNA, those are the last ones that will be left and they'll be fighting what looks like a losing battle. Nobody was at this trial, he said to me, because it was nothing new at the time you saw yourself. By that time, there will just be a few holdouts fighting for human sovereignty, fighting against the beast system that will want to get hold of all human DNA and corrupt it. And at this time, I will simply give you one nugget of wisdom. The Lord Jesus made this remark when he was still with his disciples. And he said, will the son of man still find faith on the earth when he comes? Now we preach that and we say, oh, this is part of the great falling away. And this is part of this and that. The Lord has given me a slightly deeper understanding of it. And he, and I shared it in the prophecy from December, 2020. It is called the new man. The Lord said to me, 
how can I find faith on the earth if the vessels in which faith is supposed to rest are corrupted? I hope you hear that. You go out and you get the Terminator bionic arm. And this arm has actually come. Someone sent me uh, an email and said, I hope you see this. A beautiful, gorgeous, white platinum arm has come with integrated fingertips that will be able to tap onto interfaces and something. I don't know the company. And I was stunned to see this thing because I spoke of this thing just in 2020, saying that transhumanism will give you the impossible lighter limbs made of plutonium and made of titanium and made of metals that we don't know yet you will be feeling as if you're walking on clouds and all the veterans and people who have suffered horrible injuries will think finally i can get my life back i'm going to go and get this and things like that he said to me how can i find faith on the earth when the receptacles of faith which is mankind will corrupt themselves this means if you choose not to stay human, if you choose to hybridize yourself, if you choose to be part of the great human experiment that the end times, future times, beast kingdom will be, I will explain the things that God has given me. I said that the video will be long. That's because the video will be thorough. And what I will do by his grace is I will look for segments and pauses and cut it into smaller pieces to also make those pieces available so that people can be able to go back to a part Find a part that they can easily share with someone who may not be able to watch a very long video. And so he said that if the receptacles of faith, that's human beings, that's us. If we corrupt the place that faith is supposed to rest, faith is supposed to rest in the cradle of the human heart. But if you go out there and you follow Elon Musk and you become a human cyborg, who told you you will be capable of faith? Who told you that after you join yourself to a lithium or titanium frame, you will even retain the ability to believe in Jesus Christ? Who told you that if you go and say, you know, I'm losing my memory and I would like to remember all the happy times that I had with Harold and the kids and you go and upload your consciousness to the cloud who told you that when they download they will give it a wash they will give it you know they will do whatever the computer things they say they will do in it and then they will say we're ready to re-download your mind into you now and you will no longer have Alzheimer's and then they re-download your mind to you but Satan is a trickster a deceiver a murderer with that mind comes a little virus that will eat away your mind and replace it with some demonic personality and then what who can preach the gospel to that creature for we are told go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature who told you that we can preach the gospel to the re-downloaded cloud creature that that person has become and that person will receive saving faith and understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was asking a very serious question that modern people need to understand. How committed are you to remaining whole? How committed are you to staying you? How committed are you to remaining what you were, what you were made? The battle is being lost now. No AI robots are outside offering new body parts. Men can't even stay men and women refuse to stay women now. There's not a single robot forcing us to do anything yet and people cannot remain what they are i have brought prophecies here and told you all truth that god said that people will go genderless they will say i don't want to be a man and no i'm not cutting off my man parts so i can say i'm a woman i do not want to be 
confined by gender. I do not want to be described by sexuality. We're in the era now where people are out and proud. They've, the first thing you have to know about them is that they're trending pansexual, non-binary, she, shim, they, them. That's the first thing they want to know about you to know about them. We're in an era now where sexuality is being shoved down our throats. A brand new language of the future. But the era will come where people will get bored too of this trend. Being gay will be so old fashioned. They will upgrade to I'm nothing. I am a mist. Call me the peak of the mountain. I am man, woman, and all things plus Thor bound up into one by an iron band. And you will stare at this person, and this is the person working at the DMV who is supposed to process your license, and you won't even know what to say. You will just fill out that form in silence and just be praying Psalm 91 the whole time so that whatever singular madness is resting behind that person's eyes, it will not just come out of their eyes and enter into you by the transfer of spirits that I'm also always talking about on this channel. People will want to be completely genderless. They will want to be nothing. So this world I'm talking about, you cannot see it now on Fox or CNN. I'm looking beyond them, telling you of the time that will come. God says that we will, it will look as if we've lost the battle to stay human. And the beast system will want to get hold of all human DNA and corrupt it. And that's because Satan is a long-term planner. Ever since the Lord told him, that the seed of the woman was going to crush him. That thing has been working all its life to make sure that even when he was crushed by Calvary's cross, he heard Jesus say something else. So he heard God say something in the beginning and that thing happened and he couldn't stop it, but nobody can blame Satan for being one who tries and tries and tries again. He heard Jesus say to us all, I will return. I'm going to prepare mansions for you. So that where my father is, you can be with me also. So Satan was like, well, between, between that trip you're making and, and that return, I, I'm going to see to some things down here. You will come back and my plan is for you to find nothing that can enter that place. Can you tell me of someone more qualified than Satan to say? Nothing will enter that place. Do you know of someone else who lived there for millennia with God? Do you think that Satan doesn't know the entry requirements to heaven? Have I not always told you that the devil knows the, the Bible better than any of us? For he not only knew it back to front, he served before the Bible's owner. Do you think that Satan doesn't know what disqualifies us from entering into heaven? Please listen to me, people who are sleeping around. Satan, Satan has you sleeping around. You are in that category where we don't even know what's going to happen if you continue doing that and you don't repent. You're at this level and Satan is up here. He's working up here. And you know what up here is? Up here is to deceive, if possible, even the elect. If it were possible, Satan's agenda is to cause the most committed Christians not to be entered, not to be able to enter in through the narrow gate and make heaven. And if there's anyone who knows what disqualifies re-entry to heaven, for Satan can never go back, please listen, because none of this is written down. This is all the impetus of the Spirit speaking life to you. 
Why do you think God tells you to be vigilant because you have an enemy? Does this sound like an enemy that you are matched to? Do you not understand that the only way we can resist this type of cunning, this type of centuries-long plotting, is through Christ Jesus? Christ as the, the shield of the righteousness, the, the helmet of the salvation? Jesus Christ as shield? Jesus Christ as sword? Jesus Christ as intrepid, bold sandals of the gospel? Jesus Christ as this belt of truth. How often have I told you that if you don't know the Bible, you, your pants will fall down. Your nakedness will be exposed. I'm forced to see people's nakedness all the time, predominantly in young people. I preach and then they say, but I thought that the Bible says, once you say, I thought you are telling me, I've never read this thing. We have one in the house, but it's so dusty. I could dust it off and use the dust to grow potatoes. The minute you say, but I thought, you are advertising to everyone that you do not apply yourself to diligent learning of the word of God so that you can be found to be one who rightly divides the word of truth. You have no belt. You're walking around. Everybody can see that you're naked. I can see it. It is so stressful for me to watch the last day's church with no belt, showing everything showing how unprepared they are, showing that they are at the potential mercy of one who knows how hard it is to get back in there. Do you know that the fallen angels fell? And that they all gathered in a big group and they started to cry and they went, once they sinned with the women, they gathered in a big group and they started to cry and they said, Enoch, go to the father and please plead with him for us. But before Enoch could reach the place where God is, the Lord put him into a sleep and told him, don't even come here. Do not step your little 10 human toes at the place where I sit, at the sides of the north, to make any case for these that left their first estate and went to choose of women, all whom they chose, and have wives. When my son said that when, when humans die and go to where I am, they will be like the angels who neither marry nor are given in marriage. These ones existed before Jesus came to preach to you and they knew that they were not to mingle with flesh. So they went and defiled themselves and they have sent you the human on an errand to come and tell me that they want to re-enter this undefiled place. Enoch is this wisdom. Enoch turned right around and went back to them and said, it's a no, it's a nix. It cannot happen. He said no. And he also said for me to tell you, he will punish your children and kill them all. Now, when they were told they could not go back, do you know what happened? They became savages in their minds. They thought, well, if we can't go back, all bets are off. And now you understand why the devil is so savage against humans. If he can't go back, then you can't go back. That's his end game. This is the mind you're up against. So I strongly suggest that you upgrade your Christianity. When you listen to this channel, let it stir you up. Let it pump you up with adrenaline to go back to your Bible and start to get it right. To go back to your prayer closet and start to cut off every shackle, compromise, sin, but I thought, but the pastor told me it is time for you to tell those things to up and leave your life so that you can receive true doctrine so that the Holy Spirit can teach you so that something can build break down that wall of flesh and your tiny little spirit can begin to sprout and grow into a mighty tree praise the Lord and so in the end 
because I was losing my case, I had to fight. I had to really fight. And I fought not with the flesh, but I fought with the spirit. During the course of the case, I found out that I had signed the forms at whatever place I went to. And if I had paid proper attention, this is what the defense was telling me, the replication company lawyer was saying in the courthouse, your honor, she signed these forms and they were tormenting me with those forms. They were tormenting me with those forms because they said she didn't pay attention to the forms. She didn't pay attention to what she signed. Your honor, it's negligence, it's negligence. It's not our fault. Our client did nothing wrong. It was on the form. And I, I couldn't, I could hardly, I, I couldn't deny that I had signed the form. They kept saying if I paid proper attention, I would have seen the clause. And this was the core of their case. And it was very hard for me to work around the fact that they were legally right because you are responsible for whatever it is you sign out there. So I suggest you read it. And so they kept bringing this, all the release forms that I had signed. I really think this was hospital. They kept bringing me the release forms and, and saying things like, Madam, is this your name? And then you can't say it's not your name because it is your name, Madam. They push another one. Is, is this your signature? And then you can't say it's not your signature because it is your signature. And so the only thing that I could do was simply say things like it appears to be because appears to be leaves loophole. Appears to be means that I can bring in a case and say, perhaps you just forged it. Perhaps you used AI, but it was not really helping me. It was only getting me so far. And so we were having headbutts in the courtroom. But as the days progressed, trust me, my head was getting hit harder and harder by this team of lawyers because it was just me. And as I began to see that I was losing, I was having more and more breakdowns. These breakdowns were being caused by me imagining a 10 foot version of myself or bigger out there. And it brought me many times close to tears. I was having a lot of breakdowns in this court case because it wasn't me arguing for someone else. I was fighting for myself. And when you're fighting something close to home, it hurts and sometimes emotions get in the way. So in the end, I won my case by crying out to God. I won my case by crying out to the Lord. That's how I won. Literally, I used scripture. And so to all those who are not skilled in scripture, and you don't have to be a guru, so don't feel overwhelmed. But if you will not even open this Bible and start to learn Psalm 23, Psalm 18, Psalm 91, you won't even start to learn scriptures that teach you how to praise God like Psalm 105 and Psalm 100. You won't even read the book of Proverbs every month. You, even if you read one chapter a day at the end of the month, you'll be done and then you can go back and start again. These are wisdom books, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. They make you wise. They take away that simple ton. But I thought, but I saw it on the broadcast and they fill you with brick hard layers of wisdom. You get the bricks. Jesus will be the cement in between all your loose bricks. Trust him. Just get some bricks. Just get some knowledge into you. In all you're getting, get wisdom. Seek more for understanding than silver and gold and likes and clicks and relevance on live streams. Trust me, some of you just need to detox from social media. Just three months when you come back, people won't even know who you are. And when you come back, you will be able to see beyond the curtain of social media. You will see so many things that you did not know. This is why I limit and curb this thing in my life. It is an illusion. It is a lie. But many of you are living in that matrix and you cannot get free. Young people, I'm speaking to you. My soul is burdened for you, but you are not burdened for yourself. 
You are the you are the demographic at most risk of the beast system. You're the most likely to go and get your feet replaced by Hot Wheels. And all your friends will tell you it's so cool. I'm going to get mine done in blue. No, I want mine in silver. At most risk. You don't have a protection of the Bible over your heart. And you refuse to give up your idol of social media to go and sit down and let God strip away these blinding coins from your eyes and give you real wisdom. And that too is your choice. And so as I was increasing in my breakdowns, I won my case by crying out to God. I quoted scriptures that say that we can cry to the Lord for help in desperate times. Just a moment, please. Here are two of them. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. This is Psalm 120 and verse one. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him, even to his ears. This is Psalm 18 and verse six. That's what I did. I went to Jesus and I cried out for his help. And in the dream, I saw the Lord appear as a massive statue in my dream. I'm always talking about this statue. Jesus is 10 billion times bigger than that monstrosity that they have in Brazil. He is so huge. He was so, so tall that in my dream, I only saw his feet and the bottom of his robe. That's how big the statue was. My eye could not travel up to the top of it. As far as my eye could see was just his feet and toes and the bottom hem of his robe. But at the same time, he was shown to me as a human size. He was a statue and he was human size to me at the same time. And I ran to the Lord who was sized like a man. I embraced him and then I fell down to his feet and I wept like that lady in the Bible. And I begged him not to allow this evil company to have any victory over me. I said, God, save me from becoming a giant. I want to stay the way that you made me. Don't allow them to use my DNA to make one giant because what's to stop them from making more? What's to stop them, Lord, from making anything of me? They could make something with my face and multiple legs. I cried bitterly on his feet and I was hugging his legs. And then I don't know what happened. This part of the dream disappeared and suddenly I found myself back in the courtroom. It was me and the opposing counsel for that replication company that had my DNA and that wanted to misuse it. And we stood up and the, the verdict was given. This is what they were told. Destroy her DNA. Destroy all traces of it. Destroy all samples of it that you might have in your possession and destroy every copy of the documents that she signed for treatment because she did not know that the small print gave loopholes to manipulate her biological data. And she did not know that she was giving access to people that she had never contemplated when she signed it. So my weak argument, as weak as salt in rain, God upheld my argument. The judge called it non-envisaged party. The word envisage means something you can see happening, something you can see happening. So if there is a glass in a house with a window in front of it, and then you say, hmm, 
I bet you I can hit that glass. That's the kind of games that children play. You see that? You see that? You see that thing? I bet you I can hit it. And then they throw a rock. It should be understood that in order to hit the glass behind the rock, you are going to break the glass. And so once the court sees that you had one intention to do one thing, this is break the glass, but at the same time, you should have known that you would break the window. They will hold you guilty, not because you were intending to hit, to hit the glass, but because you broke the window and you can't claim that you didn't see that was going to happen. But the judge upheld my argument and he said, Celestial did ha not have any intent to give her DNA to non-envisaged parties. That means when she had her blood drawn or she took whatever test that she took, she never ever thought about the fact that behind the back door you would pass on these DNA samples to people and she never dreamed that you would show up here one day and try to make her into a giant. She could not reasonably foresee that anyone would access her DNA and her biological ma material when she only went to receive medical treatment. And I was so happy. I was thanking the judge and I was thanking God. I was thanking God openly in the courtroom when this judgment was read out. Here is the final judgment and you can see that I even wrote it in bold. Supervised destruction of all samples and all documents by the court. This means that the court was going to dispatch bailiffs to stand there and make sure that everything would be destroyed and erased. But at the end, I stood alone with my verdicts. The other lawyer quickly left the courtroom and even the judge did not smile at me. And the few people who had come to watch my case seemed very bored, but I did not care. I was ecstatic. I was so hopeful and I was pleased because I could see that even in that future demented era, for it will be a future of madness, the word of the Lord still worked and he was still faithful to uphold his truth. And that is the end of this part of the dream that is called Replication, Clones, and Giants. However, the title of this dream applies to the entire dream and now we will go into another section. This is the Lord's words that I'm reading out. And then I will read to you some other dreams from 2019 and I think 2020. Tell them that the dinosaurs will come back. The last thing that they will expect to see is things in the Smithsonian and the Museum of Natural History brought back to life. Those lizards will be again. They will come back on earth. They will be brought back by replication clinics, just like the one you saw in the dream. Whatever has DNA, whatever has left behind traces of itself from the old world, even from very ancient or the so-called prehistoric times, tell them those things will be restored by use of alternate technology that the public is unaware of. And one of those technologies is rehydration theory. This is the act of rehydrating DNA and whatever it is that is in the DNA can be once again cultivated out of it. Dinosaurs will be seen again, along with many old creatures that have gone extinct. And science is going to promote this as a good thing, as if it is ever a good thing to raise the dead. And so you're hearing it here on the master's voice. 
something that God has shown me, I think, since 2019, and I saw it again in 2020, and he will mention it and bring it up. But these things were for my notes. These things were for my understanding. But now the Lord has brought it back in an official prophecy that I'm supposed to make known to others. And so now I can speak on the things that are in my notes. Dinosaurs will come back and the people of earth will be shocked to see that what is in the Smithsonian Museum and the Museum of Natural History right here in New York City, God says it will come back to life. And we will see these massive lizards walking around, brought back by the same type of clinic that was fighting me for my DNA. And so you see the war for DNA. How many times have I warned here that perhaps people should stop licking sticks, spitting into cups, and sending it off to Ancestry.com and 23plusme? Why have I said that? Because very few people read the fine print on those companies and very few people have noticed that they have third party clauses. A third party clause means that you and I are in a contract, but there is a provision to allow somebody who is not there when you and I do the deal. It allows a third party to come and access our deal as if the person was there when we agreed. So I agree with you. And then you have your cousin, Rufus, at the back. I don't know about Rufus. You know about Rufus. And I signed this deal with you. And then all of a sudden I'm saying, why is why are the payouts less? Why is it that we're making 100% but I'm only seeing 33.3% and you tell me, oh, that's because I'm splitting the profits between me, you, and Rufus. And I'm like, who's Rufus? And you're saying, read that other section. That's what a third-party clause is. It's a backdoor. These companies, perhaps you should just assume that if you're from Finland, all your ancestors are Finnish and you just leave it like that until you get to Jesus and then he tells you, oh no, you had one German in there. Perhaps it's best to, to wait some things because you might be inadvertently giving away what you don't want to give away. Replication clinics are going to be a reality. Basically hustlers out for the most precious and prized part of people. And now we find out other animals. And I can share here before I go into the other dreams about dinosaurs that I once took myself to the Museum of Natural History sometime in 2016. I had free time. It was my first time actually going. And when I stepped in there, the first thing they had greeting you on the floor was a massive life-size construction of a T-Rex. This thing dwarfs the lobby. It is the biggest thing that they have there. I don't think that display ever gets moved. They change the displays and they change sometimes what's the focus of different exhibits, but that T-Rex, I think that T-Rex always holds center stage because it's so massive that it isn't worth it for them to move it. I remember I walked in there for the first time and I saw this thing and I just thought, why do these people lie so much? Why are there so many lies everywhere? Why, why do they have these dinosaurs? I'm being transparent. Saw this thing and I was offended. I thought, what is this dinosaur doing here? This is just another lie, which shows that revelation does grow with the Lord profit or not. And I said this and the Lord said absolutely nothing. It would be three more years before God would say anything to me about dinosaurs. And so just a moment as I find these dreams. This dream is called Dreams of the Far Future. September 21, 2019. I had a confusing dream just now. I don't remember all of it, but this part is crystal clear. 
I was someplace and there were a lot of people paying to get into that place. Men and women and their kids had gathered as you would at a convention or event. So many people gathered. And I found out that it was a large government theme park. It was a government owned, please listen, it was not privately owned, it belonged to the US government. It was a theme park, an amusement park right here in the United States. Many parts of the park were already open to the public and that's why there was so much high traffic to get into this park. However, there were just too many people in that place for me. And so I went outside of the main area to get some, to get some air. So I don't know if I was trying to get into the park or if I was just passing by, but whatever it is, I was in the main area and I thought there's too many people here. I'm going out to get some air. And while walking around outside, I saw a chain link fence that said under renovation, coming soon, make way for the dinos, big sign. And so for some reason, Though the sign was big and, and right there, I didn't pay any attention to it. And I kept walking and I ended up walking right into that area that was under renovation, which was a restricted area. And I was preoccupied in my mind because I didn't like this theme park and I didn't get why so many people were amazed over it. So I had no idea what people were going in there to see. I just didn't like the idea of this theme park, government owned park. So many people here agog over it. And so, I, I just kept walking and I was supposed to meet my, my parents in that place. So I headed to where I thought or where I knew they had parked their car. But when I got into this wide open field, I had already walked past the restricted area. I saw the car. It was parked on a kind of Misa. So it wasn't parked in the normal area. And this is not a parking area I'm speaking of. This is a kind of grassy wooded area, something like that. I saw the car. But then suddenly as I was walking by, I heard some rustling in some bushes. This area I was walking in looked very lush and jungle-like. It did not really look like something you should see in the middle of the city. So I don't know if this park was a ways outside, like outside the main city. But I heard rustling in the bushes. And then um, I saw, and these bushes were not even, it was these very large leaves. There, there's a type of leaf that is, I think, a tropical plant. One leaf is as big as this and it has white veins going through the leaf. So I heard rustling in this kind of big fern-like, it's not a fern, I mean a big green leaf, okay? A plant with leaves like that. These, these plants, you might know the type of plant, their leaves always look like they have nail polish on them. They're so glossy and they have a big stem and they tend to grow in a fan-like pattern. So one here, one here, one here, one here, like that. I heard rustling in that. And when I turned, something at first that looked like a snake, a very big snake, started to come out from behind these leaves. So I looked at this and I thought, what is that? Because it had legs on it. So it had a head like a snake, but then it had legs. And I thought, what is that? What is this large black multicolored snake? And then it began to rush out and I saw it had legs and it was rushing aggressively at me. And I, I still was standing there frozen for a few seconds thinking, what animal is that? I don't know that animal. Why does it look so much like a snake, but with legs? And look at the skin. It's so dewy and it's shiny and it's covered with colors. Is that a salamander? But boy, if that's a salamander, it is big. It is huge. And so I'm standing there and I'm thinking all these non-smart thoughts and I hear my parents screaming, terrified screams that broke into that freeze. 
your parents can call you and you can hear irritation in their voice. They call you and you know uh, they're not happy. Or they can call you sharply. They, we call our children sharply if there's danger. But it's a different occasion when you hear your parents screaming at the top of their lung and there is nothing but terror in those screams. They were screaming, run, dive, take cover, do something. And those screams broke into my paralysis and saved my life. I woke up and I started running and that animal was just a few feet from me and I was running and then the animal, so I'm talking about something that looks like a snake, but it has legs. The body is all shiny, multicolored splotches on it. You think it might be a black salamander, but it's not. This thing spread a headdress on its head that looked like the dinosaurs of old. You know, some of the dinosaurs have this really spiny, spiky headdress on their heads that look like this. And some of them have the spiky headdress around their neck that looks like that. And once it spread that thing, a horn appeared on the nose. And I started screaming myself, that's a dinosaur. That's a Lord, that's a dinosaur. I recognize it now. I recognize that one. And I began to scream to my parents, mom, dad, do you see what these people have done? They went and cloned the dinosaurs. They went and woke up the dinosaurs. And the feeling I had in this dream, I was so upset. And I was so upset with what America had done. I was disappointed with what America and the global scientific community had done. The only word to explain what was going on in my heart, for I write my dreams very clearly, I wrote that I was grieved. I was so grieved at seeing what people had brought back on earth that it slowed down my escape because my mind was flooded with the pain of it. And because of that, several times, this animal almost ran me down because I was too slow in avoiding it. And I found myself ru running and dodging and crashing through very jungle-like foliage in this park. My mind was wounded and I was in sorrow over why people would see the need to tamper with things that have nothing to do with them. And by those actions, put the rest of us in danger. And there was a ruckus, a great ruckus, as I sought to outrun this thing, running through bushes, disturbing the grass and everything like that, disturbing the foliage. And as a result, with my parents' screams and my own screams, the entire ecosystem around me woke up and many more other dinosaur-shaped creatures that were all different, each one distinct from this other one, came out of the bushes. And by that time, I was getting close to where my parents were parked and their cries had turned from screams to cries to now just weeping tears that I can make it. And that urgency in them is what saved my life. They were literally calling out strategy from the car. Run, run, sweetheart, dodge that one. No, change your position. You didn't see that one coming from the left. Run. Because of their encouragement, I made it and I got back to the car. My father already had the engine running, and as soon as I got in and slammed the door, he gunned off at such high speed that even those dinosaurs were eventually not able to keep up. I'm not saying that these things can't outrun cars. This is a dream, and so I'm sure it's just the mercy of God that we got away. And I sat in the back staring through the windows, and I began to bitterly express my disappointment that the U.S. government would go so far as to bring such deadly animals back to life. If you have listened to this dream, you are listening to Celestial with the Master's Voice. 
This section of the prophecy is called Dreams of the Far Future, September 21, 2019. And if you're thinking about that franchise that they've been remilking ever since I don't know when they made the first one, Jurassic Park, you now understand what I shared in the beginning of this dream, that my father in his wisdom said that if you ever see anything on US TV, they've had it for 50 years or more, and by the time it hits TV, they finally want you to know about it. Just a moment, please. You're listening to The Prophecy, Replication, Clones, and Giants, July the 4th, 2023. This piece that I will read is from a dream that I had. It has two pieces that the Lord has told me to talk about. And the title of this piece is simply called Things God Showed Me. So these are just part of the dreams that I've said. I've always been having dreams and the Lord makes things clear to me and he's just making me aware of things, but not everything is a prophecy. So this is just my own dream that I had. One of the things it says here is, I saw dinosaurs coming back to life across the whole earth. The climate of the earth changed to one of intense heat and the dinosaurs came back in front of everyone. I saw them, they were back. So that's, that's all it is. It's just that I dreamt that dinosaurs were back, that the earth was much warmer, it was much more conducive to the kind of environment that they want to live in. The earth's climate changed to a much hotter one and therefore the di dinosaurs were able to come back comfortably and live in front of everyone. And I'm not one to involve myself in political storylines such as people talking about climate change and things like that. What I will say is that we have a Bible and the Bible tells us that the sun will increase its temperature. In the book of Revelation, you often read about how in intense, terrible times of heat will come to the earth and the sun will shine so hot that people will get sores and they will curse God. And I think that is in one of the recent prophecies that I saw that the weather changed and became so horrible in America that terrible sores broke out on people and people could not fix those sores. They were horrible sores and lesions that people got and it was a, as a direct consequence of the heat that came to the United States. And so climate change narrative is one thing, but I like Bible unchanging narrative and the Bible does tell us that in the end times, the sun will be misbehaving terribly. I have a, prophet, um, a prophecy on the blog about broken weather. And in that prophecy about broken weather, I said that the time will come where weathermen will no longer have a job because in the same day it will hail, it will snow, it will rain, and then bright sunshine will come in and this will all happen in the space of an hour or two. It will be impossible to predict the weather. The weather will be completely outside of normal patterns. It will be unpredictable. It will snow when it wants. They'll tell you there's no snow and then we'll get 10 feet or something. And then after that, it will rain and melt it all. And then after that, the sun will come out for 30 minutes and then something else. And so this is what will be taking place. And I also have an old prophecy from 2019. It's in the prophecies, desolations of desolations. One of them where I said that I saw that the, that the United States became subjected to incredible heat. It was the kind of heat that people were passing out. It was the kind of heat that people were dying. It was the kind of heat that all these heat advisories that we get now, it was way, way, way beyond that. And so that is something that will happen. Just a moment, please. In the same prophecy, 
recorded at 6.50 a.m. on August 17, 2020, Things God Showed Me. I wrote, There are dragons underneath the core of the earth with unfurlable wings, just like we saw in the movie. That movie would be How to Train Your Dragon. I saw myself standing at the feet of a medium-sized green dragon. I looked up and the dragon lifted both wings right up to the apex of its wing curve. It was stretching before me and I couldn't believe it was real. And so some of these dreams are very short and there's no need to say anything more. Um, I, I think I have shared once before that the earth has a hole underneath it. So this storyline that these people have come out here with uh, magma and everything, uh, that, that is their business. But in, in this realm of me doing God's work, the earth has a place underneath that is very warm. I'm going to look in my notes shortly and see if I wrote that down here or if it's by hand. If it's by hand, then I don't have that notebook with me anymore. But if it's here, I will find it. And so there is a core underneath there and the dragons are there. They are there. And I found myself standing at the feet of something that to me in the dream, it was put to me. Celestial, this is a medium sized dragon, but I'm here to let you know that that thing was massive. If we take a perspective shot, it's like this and I'm like this. And God was calling it a medium sized dragon. I'm, I'm here right here at this small tip here. And then this is the thing that he was calling medium-sized. And as I was watching, this thing's wings were rolled up just the way you roll up a newspaper. And when it saw me down there, it looked at me and it flexed. So it did this. It did this. It lifted up its wings off its back and put them up. I'm going to put them up at the topmost flex. The topmost flex. So this entire part here is the bone of the wing. This, please take this to be the bone of the wing. And then here there is a hooky claw. I'm not sure what that claw is supposed to do. It's not hooked towards where the bone is. It's hooked in a strange manner away from the bone. I don't know why, but it's like that. And then this whole area here that you're looking at is wing. And so it did this to the apex of its strength strength and the body is in the middle and then it lifted up its wings like that and spread them to show me its grandeur it was bluish green like a kind of um turquoise color a very beautiful thing if it was not also a supposedly mythical dead and extremely dangerous thing that breathes fire and destroys villages and all the british people wrote about this all the time in their history and then people now today say what interesting myths that these are, except that they're not myths. As long as you know that the myths of time were history and people were actually writing down how St. George killed the dragon and he finally rid England of a time period where dragons were so common that the knights had to go off and fight them as the king would ask them. There is a dragon terrorizing such and such area and then the knights would go off. Some would get cooked in their armor, but some would manage to outsmart the thing and stab it. And St. George is on record at be, as being the, the one who killed the last English dragon. So there, there you have it. I will read to you a piece from another revelation of the Lord. This was not a dream. The Lord was speaking to me. And the title of this is Personal Words from God, June the 16th, 2019. 
And the only piece that I will read here is this. In the end times, you will see dragons wheeling about in the sky. Wheeling about means when a dragon is hunting, sometimes they will fly like that for hunting purposes, and they tend to go in circles. It's a circle, the dragon will hit another wheel and widen the circle, hit another wheel, same circuit, but flying in ever widening circles. They are looking for something to eat. They are looking for something to terrorize. But sometimes they just do that for relaxation because just like birds, they enjoy the sky. The Lord says, you will see dragons in that time wheeling in the sky. You will see creatures at that time flying in the sky and you will see men walking with spirits chained to them this part is just basically talking about human beings who will not be able to shake off their demons the lord says um in the end times the eyes of men will be open some of them not all people will have their spiritual eyes opened by the lord and always understand when God opens your eyes to the things of the spiritual realm, it's not for you to go and get a YouTube channel and start showing off with it because very soon Satan will target you and dart you right between the forehead and that will be the end of you and your open prophetic eye. God opens the eyes of men for a purpose. As you can see here, as I said in some of my older videos, if some of you had been given this gift, you would have been running all over the place since 2012, telling everyone what you were seeing, revealing yourself before the time. There are people in my family who are finding out now that I know this, see this, and speak this. People who cannot hold their tongue, people with no temperance, people with no maturity, people that have a gift but have never sat down to allow God to shake that gift. If you attempt to enter into the deeper spiritual realm where the devil himself is handing out knockout punches, please, your family must not cry. When you rise up to the heights like Icarus and you catch fire up there and plummet back to earth. Stepping into realms that are outside of you. Stepping into areas that God never sent you to speak. I have always told the false prophets this. The Lord has again sent a prophecy about the false prophets and it's just so short. It's Ezekiel 13. And Ezekiel 13 simply says, false prophets do this and they do this and do this. But at the end, the Lord says they will speak no more. And that just means when you speak no more, it's because you are no more. You are not alive. You are not here with us. So if you have heard the pronouncements of this channel and you think it is only the false teachers, the big names that have been named, it is even it's little bitty liars here on YouTube. People won't even know. They will just see that your, your uploads have stopped and think, oh, maybe she's busy, but it will be a different type of busyness. And so the Lord says that people's eyes will be open. And one of the things that your eyes will be able to see, those who God opens your eyes, you will see men walking with spirits chained to them. This means that you will literally be able to look at a person and a person that perhaps has a drug habit, you will be able to see the cause of his drug habit. Demons will be walking people like people walk dogs. So you're, you're the upright being. You're the majestic being. You are the leader. You are the human. And your dog is your friend and your companion, but he also is not equal to a person. That's why you have to put a leash on him and give him treats and just deal with him at his level. The demons who are accursed beings that are supposed to be under our feet, Luke 10 and 19, will be walking their humans by the chains 
of addiction, by the chains of sexual immorality, the chain will be here and the demon will be walking the person and the person will be wearing a suit and nobody will know that he's a cocaine addict. The owner of his habit, the one who enforces the habit, will be walking behind him, walking him on a chain. I did not say a leash, for a leash is softy leather. A chain is uncompromising and merciless metal. God says in the end times we will see men being walked by spirits on their chains. And he says that he will open the eyes of people to see. And he also says that he will belt up people and they will not fall. He's speaking to me. You will see creatures and other things come down from the heavens to earth. And they will come down for their final assignment on earth to make the land overflow with abomination and wickedness as part of the revelation of the Antichrist. And we go back, we go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let us go there again, because this is the scripture that just keeps on giving. And I will just read one verse here. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. The lawless one is going to come, God says, and he's not coming alone. He's coming with an entire chorus of backup dancers, and the backup dancers are called How Satan Works, All Power, All Signs, All Lying Wonders. Here in July 16, 2019, the Lord says to me as part of my teaching that we will see dragons in the sky and we will see men walking chained to spirits that control them and we will see creatures flying in the sky and principalities that circle and bend the earth from its width and breadth. Do you understand what it means when God says that the earth is banded about by principalities? It means that no matter where you go to settle in this world, I want to go to Yugoslavia and get a job. You know, I heard that they're hiring in France. You know, I think I'm going to move to Jamaica and, and, and start a bed and breakfast there. You have to be careful because every single inch of this planet has been claimed by the principalities. Who are the highest of all the principalities? The powers, the rulers in high places and the spiritual wickedness of the age. Is it not the fallen angels and everything else that comes down under them? Many times I see this. Celestial, when you're talking of the aliens, isn't an angel a fallen angel? Why don't you call it by its name? Please have understanding. An angel is crafted by God. They are ministers of the Lord that stand before him to do his good pleasure. They are dispatched into the earth realm to carry out the will of God on the earth. At some point in the far, 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 far ancient past, a section of them were carried down by the devil's tail. He deceived them and he told them that he could make a better God than God. Why not follow me, he said. Iniquity was found in him, Isaiah 14. Perfect until iniquity was found in you. He was cast out. And he fell into the lower heavens. The devil comes down here on earth. We know it because he was walking to and fro on the earth and then went to cause Job misery. The devil was also down here on the earth in person because we see in Matthew 4, Jesus was fasting and Jesus wasn't fasting in the spiritual realm. He was fasting right here on earth in the, des in the desert. And the devil went there in person to try the Lord. 
the temptation of Christ. A dismal failure for Satan, but then I said that he tries, tries, and tries again, and that's why the end of the chapter says, and then he left him for a time. So that means that Satan will always come back to test the door, to see if you saying, I'm never sleeping with girls again, is true, or you're just saying that for six months, and then you'll be back at it worse than ever. And so... 2 Thessalonians 2 and 9 says that when the lawless one comes, this is Antichrist, beast, whatever you call him, son of perdition, king of fierce features, it's all one man that we're waiting for. God says that he's not coming alone. He's coming with satanic power to work wonders, signs, and he's coming with all power. And the Lord now says here, Creatures and other things will come down from heaven to earth, and they have come for their final assignments on earth to make the land overflow with abominations and wickedness as part of the revelation of Antichrist. He comes at a particular dispensation of the great falling away. So this is people already frustrated with Jesus. Tough times are ahead. The hybrids have started coming out. The little pig boys uh, in jackets that I described in the prophecy hybrids, pig people and things like that. Now the pig people have been made and the government, shame on them, are not keeping the pig people in the pig people section, are saying to us in their usual gaslighting fashion, why are you so racist to pigs? Don't you care about diversity? Can't you see that though he is a pig, he wears clothes as we do? He also understands the same principles as we do. Dignity and the wearing of clothes. We think they should learn with the children. The government will only say these things because the pig people and their owners will threaten the living daylights out of this U.S. government and everyone else. God has already said that nobody can bound Satan. Nobody can control Satan. Definitely none of us. When these fallen angels are done tormenting the various governments, this is how all the new laws and policies that we will see in the future come from. They will simply tell them, do it or you will see what we will do and they've already seen what they can do so they don't want to see more fallen angels are made by god they are divine beings the fact that they were cast out and they can do so much harm shows you that god took away none of their power the father only took one thing away from them that is the right to ever enter back into his presence simply rewind back to the enoch part and you will understand what i said a fallen angel cannot be an, an, an alien because an alien is a hybrid creature. An alien is a mix of many things. And the Lord says that many of them contain human DNA parts, especially the ones who are closer and closer looking to us. So how can something that is a hybrid, a mix of something earthly, a mix of reptile, a mix of other things, salamanders, um, serpents, lizards, human, how can that mix? How can you also call this thing an angel? People, all you need to do is pause. Pause and look at what you are reading. Pause, that's what Selah means. Selah means pause and think about it. That's what the word Selah means in all the Psalms. Selah means you have read a section of the, the Psalm. Now don't just rush through the Psalm, literally pause and ponder on what you've read. How can you call an angel, an alien, 
when an angel is a pure being mixed with nothing from God's own hand, whether it is an evil angel or a good angel, God made them. They are not mixed with anything. They are immortal and do not die. And then a hybrid that is mixed of everything and has some of the attributes of everything that made it. These things have never seen God's face. Aliens are Nephilim, second generation, formed from all of Satan's activities. They have never seen God's face. Even a fallen angel has observed the glory of God. So with due respect, they are not the same. And so, Antichrist will come in a particular dispensation of the great falling away, a time when men will be at the peak of depravity. Please go back to all the sodomite videos that I have made where I have said that America will fall to this homosexuality, transsexuality, man is woman and woman is bestiality to the point that other people will not want to come here under any circumstances. Men will be at the peak of depravity just before the new utopia that he proposes to bring. And God says that he will reveal to some who are men and who are Nephilim, especially the new Nephilim that look like human beings but are not. So to those God will show, he was telling me, you, Celestial, will clearly see the difference. And I thank God for that because these are not the times to be entangling oneself with what is not a human. This next part is called Various Dreams of Future Events, December the 6th, 2017. And again, this is not prophecy. As you can hear, most of the titles of these dreams that I'm sharing with you are simply times that God would show me over and over and over again what would happen for me to have understanding because of the work I do. In order to do this work that I do for the Lord, I have to have understanding of the times we are in, the times we were in, and especially the times that we have ahead. If I'm not informed of the times that we have ahead, then how can I be of any use to those who will be alive at that time? And so this one is called Various Dream of Dreams of Future Events. This is December the 6th, 2017. And the only part I will read here is about the Nephilim. I have kept this thing to my chest for a while. The Lord spoke to me certain things, and he said that there is now a rise of leaders who will be greatly supportive of and will be assisting the Nephilim when they arise on earth. So God is telling us to our faces when he says leaders, obviously this is not the leader of the local swim team or the leader of just a small organization. God is telling us, as I have said in dreams from last year in 2021, that the people who are sitting in the highest seats of power are not following an agenda that has anything to do with the comfort, safety, and well-being of human beings. Once you understand this, you will never again be confused why the government in your country knows what the people want, sees what the people keep saying in a referendum, and then keeps doing the exact opposite of that. If there's a good choice, a best choice, a good choice, middle choice, bad choice, terrible choice, the Lord said, as far back as 2021, they will consistently choose the bad and terrible choices and frustrate the people of the nations. Leaders will support and assist the Nephilim when they arise on earth. So by now we understand 
Nephilim are arising on earth and there's nothing that anyone can do about that. But to guard oneself in the age of Nephilim, that is the wisdom we are looking for on this channel. We're not looking for Nephilim denial. We are now looking at Nephilim survival, Nephilim beating, and Jesus Christ to fight cases for us when they want to take our DNA and make giants with them. And I saw one man in particular. This was an earthly man, but he had set himself up like a pharaoh. He sat on the throne of a pharaoh in his palace and there was a lot of activity taking place around him. People were coming and going and the place was as busy as a beehive, but this man was sitting in the middle being very regal while some types of preparations were being made. But now as I looked at this man, I saw a man. And then I looked again and I saw that this man had turned into the exact shape of the Egyptian dog god, Anubis, the god of death, who has a shiny onyx-like skin and the long slim head of a dog that I always called Greyhound and I now know is the Jackal. And this dog was sitting on the throne and had one arm extended pointing in a controlling fashion saying, go. And that is what he was doing. He was giving orders like that and he wore a long flowing robe down to his feet. And whenever I looked, I would see the dog. But if I looked again, he had gone back to being a human, a human being. And so um, this man had a very elaborate headdress on his head and it was in the shape of a sun ray. And if we know anything about the pharaohs of long ago, they all claimed, rightly so, they were not lying for they were mostly Nephilim and not people. They all claimed that their power came from the sun god and that they were direct descendants of the sun god. And so he was wearing this sun ray headpiece, very elaborate, all gold, set behind his neck, but it fanned out like that. He had the gold chin piece of the pharaohs as well and a simple robe or tunic that was embroidered, but mostly white and stopped at the knees. And so, whether I looked and saw a dog or looked and saw a normal pharaoh, both of them, whether it was reflecting back to show the lineage of this man as it was, he would change to the dog showing how far back from the past he had come and yet he was here in the modern times as a normal human being. This person held a lot of power and they were giving help to the Nephilim as the Nephilim made their return back into earth. And the Holy Spirit told me that the leaders who carry that gene in them from the past to this day are going to be very helpful in the actual creatures. This is actual Nephilim. This is actual alien beings. This is actual fallen angels. When they make their grand, glittering, shining appearance on this earth, not a single person will ever confuse a fallen angel and an alien again because one is very hateful to look at and the other will literally look like the stars of heaven in our eyes. God says that we can recognize these leaders that carry that gene because occasionally they manifest, meaning they are born with an extra toe or an extra finger. But he said, even if they do not have that, there are other ways, small ways to recognize them but I was not told what these ways were. And if I was told, I wrote, I do not remember now. The Holy Spirit told me that the frenzied interest in the bones of the past, 
especially the bones of the pharaohs and the bones of this is not so much we have discussed dinosaur bones and the lord has said that whatever used to live in the past if if governments i'm looking at you america if governments get their hands he said on bones dna sample and 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 heaven forbid blood i'm still to talk about blood if he, he said if they get their hands on it, they are going to use technology to bring it all back. And so the Lord said here, the frenzied interest that you see in the bones, this is of humans. This is of old Nephilim from the past. This is giants and other great, magnificent 12-foot leaders and things like that. I spoke about Og of Bashan. And the Lord said that Og of Bashan will live again. And when Og of Bashan comes back to himself, he will come back. He will be revived full of the anger and rage against those who killed him. Well, those who killed him are not here, but he will definitely carry out his revenge or seek to against their descendants. And the reason that Og of Bashan will come back fighting strong and in, a, in an aggressive stance is because Og of Bashan died being stabbed to death by an Israelite. That is what happened to him. Him and all his people were put to death. And I think the chapter is Deuteronomy 13. You can read about Og and his people. And so God says that this interest to bring back their bones is to revive them through artificial means. This is something that I've known since 2017, but I'm only now starting to speak of it in 2022, 2021 prophecies, because now is the time that God has said to me, speak of these things. So now I have the leave with respect to him to speak. He said, that's why the area of archaeology is so consumed right now with finding all these ancient burial sites. So they're not out there looking like they say in National Geographic. No, we're trying to explore the rich history of the earth. It's just lies. Even if they hire the archaeologist, archaeologists are such a neglected field. And so they love to receive corporate money and government money to go off to Atlantis and to go off looking for whatever it is they want to look for. It's so hard for them to get funding. So when they get these rich benefactors that don't reveal their identity or the government says, no, dig this up for us. They are so enthusiastic, but they don't know why these people are using them to dig up bones. And God says they're especially interested in ancient burial sites and death chambers of men of renown. You can find the phrase men of renown in the first four chapters of Genesis 6, where it says the mighty men, men of renown. That is basically the Nephilim, the great ones. Ancient burial sites and death chambers of the men of renown, lost ancient giant kings, he says, and anyone else connected with this narrative, they are wanted for the purpose of reanimating their death matter. This is their flesh, their bones, and especially any dried blood that can be found inside the carcasses. And he said, that they will fuse these remains with human embryo cells to give it something to feed on as it grows. This is a scientific process. Obviously, I do not know anything much about it in depth. What God is saying is that you can take dead matter and by some process, give it human embryo cells so that as Og's dead body is being brought back to life, it will use the human cells as the flesh that it will form. Just a moment, please. The prophecy is 
replication, clones, and giants, 4th of July, 2023. But this piece being read here was received today, August the 20th, 2023. Rehydration theory, God says, is the process of making blood live again. And these are just the short notes that he gave me. I spoke in the main prophecy about how the Lord says that all the dead things will be brought back to life because they have an interest in bringing it back to life as part of the end times. Here is what he said. Rehydration is making blood live again. Blood can be made alive again. Though it is dead, it can live by a process of rehydrating it with a solution of electrolytes and other things, and it will be made to speak. So when he says, though it is dead, we are now talking about these that I just mentioned, old pharaohs, old Nephilim and giant kings. And you know, these things will not be hard to find because when they bury them, they would make these massive burial mounds. First of all, you're burying somebody who's 35 feet tall. That has got to take some time. And in the old days, they didn't bury like we do. They would find a cave and bury. We even see that in ancient middle history, such as for instance, during the time of the Lord's Life, the Lord was buried in the cave of a rich man. I think Joseph, who um, had never used that cave. So Jesus was buried in a new cave. He wasn't buried in the earth. They would put you into a cave and then seal it. But in the old days, these Viking kings, these massive giants and things like that, people wanted to know where the king's grave was and they did not bury them below the ground. It was seen as a mark of honor to be buried above the ground. And so the burial mound, they wouldn't dig you in and then make you flat with the earth. Why would they do that? You are not a commoner. Burial mounds were huge. They were huge. They were made of the soil and then sometimes they were covered with stone or whatever to prevent animals coming and digging up the dead king or the dead dignitary. And so a burial mound, even if it has been buried with the whole civilization, when you start to excavate and when you start to dig it up, it will be one of the first things that is sticking up. It will be sticking up. And so God is saying, though what is inside those mounds is dead, you can make it live again when you rehydrate it with electrolyte solution. And you have just heard from the other prophecy or the other teaching of the Lord. You can also throw in human embryo cells to give it meat to feed on and form itself. Now just think in the Bible when the Lord is saying to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, oh Lord, only you know. And then he says that he's standing there in the valley of the dry bones and he's watching as God first pulls all the bones together. God simply gives a command and the bones begin to come and stick one to another, finger bone to finger bone to finger bone to wrist to arm to elbow. The bones come together. And then Ezekiel watches as God literally weaves tendons, ligaments, and flesh onto bones until the bones are standing there and they are now people. God has this power and the devil has come down with many tricks and tips and trades. And it's saying here that now through the use of technology by putting human flesh cells there and also putting electrolyte solution, whatever that may be, you can get blood to live you can get all dried blood perhaps in the mouth of a mummy 
you can wet inside that thing with a tongue and get it swabbed enough for you to scrape DNA material of that tongue and then put it in the petri dish with human flesh cells and pretty soon a moon ra and all the ra's will be back demanding to know where are their camels and their concubines and their wives and their slaves an army he says that is coming to earth for an assignment have you heard this in church lately blood can be made to speak blood has a voice Blood has a tone. Blood has harmonics that echo through time. So God is saying that blood has a voice and has a tone. And in one prophecy, the Lord said that blood is a song, that blood can tell a story. But he also says that blood has harmonics that echo through time. And this is simple to see. Your great, great, great grandfather, you give birth to your baby now and everyone goes, if that isn't great, great, great grandpa Harry, the blood from back then is speaking. It is coming down. This is surely not the same wife that great, great, great grandpa Harry had. He had a wife who was not his sister. And then they had a son who married a woman who was not his sister. And yet, despite the fact that you keep going outside and getting different women, great, great, great grandpa Harry shows up in the baby from 2022 or 2023. Exact face as the grandfather, same look, probably even has the same little mannerisms. This is genetics. And so if it's easily observed in us, God is saying that the blood of those from the past will show up here and starts telling a story in new flesh bodies. And we will see people straight out of Bible stories and straight off the Sumerian tablets and the Anunnaki tablets and all the tablets. Please remember that in the prophecy about the United Nations, the UN fighting forces of the future, that prophecy is called, God said that these people who will be going around as part of the black clad police, inside them will be ancient creatures. And he says that the reason some of these officers will never lift their helmets when they come to the door, you will just hear, do not resist. Do not protest. The reason that they will never take off the helmet, God said, it is because it is a small mercy for people not to see what is inside that helmet speaking to you through the inbuilt comms telling you, do not resist. Because the Lord says, should that officer lift it up and you see the head of a wolf or a dog or an eagle or a hawk in there on a body, is anyone thinking of ancient Egypt where the hawk-headed people walked about without shame? They are all over the hieroglyphs. People with goat heads, people with dog heads, people with everything called gods among that society. No one in Egypt was fainting when the hawk-headed person was walking around. They just said, oh, um, he, he's from the special lineage, the special family. These people lived with these creatures. But God says in this era, if those people kick down your door at 4 a.m. in the morning and then you're like, I wanna see your badge number, and they just lift, that. that's a heart attack mixed with a stroke, mixed with something else at the same time. So he said it will be a mercy that they will have these totally black helmets with a reflective surface so that even if you try to look into the helmet, all you will see is your own stressed out face. And he said the reason that the comms is inside the helmet is because they will be speaking their own tongue. Of the Lord said in the last days, 
new people this you will just have to follow along bless you because the old people are just hearing a rehash in the last days the father said that what we call dead languages we will hear them all all the people who spoke them from times past this is sometimes ancient peoples who have been extinct philistines that spoke philistine language visigoths that have died out they will all be brought out and the lord said we will hear the dead languages again in the times of the future and he said not only that but the gods will rise and they will go and take the broken fragments of prophecies, the, the papers that some of these fancy universities have, and they're like, oh, we've worked out what the bird next to the flower and the sinking boat means. It means that at one time the bird was in the garden and then Noah's boat sank. The Lord said that people, you have dedicated your whole life and said that you are deciphering ancient languages he said the owner of the languages will walk into these halls and put you to shame he said they will take the tablets and read in perfect english for you to hear what the tablet is saying and they will tell you at the end of the prophecy we told you that we will return and now here we are dead languages will be heard in the end days the owners of them will come back the Lord also said, I said it in one of the old prophecies, that these creatures, when they integrate with us, they will be walking freely around. And he said that there will be some kind of translator, some small device, and they will speak into it their tongue, their language, their thing. Some seven, nine, 17 foot fallen angel or something standing there. They can communicate without it if they want to, of course. They, we will hear all our languages. You will see a parody of what happened at Pentecost. At Pentecost, the, the Holy Spirit fell down. And all the men who were gathered in that place heard those who were touched of the Spirit communicating the glories and the wonders of God in their own language. Well, in the end times... They will come speaking all our languages. And this is one of the ways that they will cause people to feel an affiliation with them. You're speaking to some blonde guy with wings on his back and you're Finnish and he speaks perfect Finnish. He speaks perfect Portuguese, perfect San, uh, um, Spanish, perfect Ibo, perfect whatever your language is. He speaks it. What's not to love? We see, vi we see um, videos where young people go to other places and then they, they speak a foreign language. They speak Mandarin. And the Mandarin people are like, oh, people are so touched. Language is, is a barrier breaker. And when these things come, that's some of what they will do to endear themselves to us. And so God says that blood can speak. Blood has harmonics that echo back through time. And he said that even Abel's blood cried out and told God what Cain had done to him. The next thing that the Lord said today, I still have to go back to the main prophecy, but I will make all this one video. The Lord said that this is part of the fallen angels. This is part of the Nephilim. Two words, cryogenesis and stasis. Cryogenesis and stasis. And the prophecy for that, the prophecy that best explains that is called what I saw today. And you can go and check that prophecy. Another one that will explain that is future events and the loss of the sea. But for now, let us take a, a short detour and also hear something that God has given me today, August the 20th, 2023. It is about this thing called CERN.
C-E-R-N. You may have heard about it. I think it's out there and parts of it, it is such a massive thing. Um, and it is, parts of it are in um, Paris, part of, parts of it are in Switzerland. It is so large, this, this thing that they call the Large Hadron Collider. It is so large that it lies, parts of it lie in several European countries. And I did a bit of research on it today just to find out when it was created. And most people only became aware of this thing, I guess, in the last few years. It was actually created in 1954. So this is a very, very old machine. The Lord said simply this. So whether you know a lot about CERN or like myself, you don't know much. CERN is an open portal in the earth. It is a gate. A gate is something that opens and lets something through, opens and lets something out. He says it is a portal in the earth and then it is a gate. They have opened it and it has caused disturbances on earth. CERN has caused changes to time and space time has speeded up because of cern time is now also fluid meaning that time is able to now flow any which way so here on earth uh, in the scientific community i think it is understood with with people that time is linear so the belief that we have is that Time just flows forward, right? We always say, oh, you can't, you can't go back to yesterday. Oh, you can't go back to when you were 15. And this is our apparent understanding. Nobody's ever been able to go back to their 15, 15th birthday or something, unless you're looking at videos or pictures. Time flows one way for us. It is linear. It is ever moving forward. But the Lord says that not only has CERN caused disturbances on the earth, it has caused changes also to time and space. He says that time is speeded up because of this machine. Time is now also fluid, meaning that it can flow any which way. And the example he gave me is time can favor you, celestial, or time can harshly work against you. And this means you must be temperate with your time. And I will go straight to this, to this Bible verse because he gave me this Bible verse to explain it to those who are listening. And this Bible verse, if you have your Bible with you, which I always recommend that you should have, it can be found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. So please listen. The verse says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Can you see the scripture has been there for all of us? Walk circumspectly. To walk circumspectly means that you're not walking in a casual fashion. So you're not just walking and saying, oh, I have, I have an 11 p.m. appointment, but I, uh, an 11 a.m. appointment, but I'm not going to set an alarm to make sure that I wake up on time, that I get ready on time, that I give myself time for breakfast or time to pray. I'm just going to wake up and wing it and see how I feel. That is not being circumspect. Circumspect people plan circumspect people schedule circumspect people are not only planners and schedulers they also know how to say no to things that are not within the available time that they have i'm not saying that you can't stop to offer help or you can't be helpful to others but many people have a problem with saying no they have a problem to saying you know i wish i could help you but this is outside what i budgeted for my time today you know and they don't also seek this holy spirit to know when they should give the time they'll just say no even though the holy spirit might want them to help but it says see that you walk circumspectly meaning as one who has wisely paid attention to everything that is needed he says, don't be a fool with time. 
but be wise. Redeem your time. This is something that most people are only aware of when they're listening to government debates. Redeeming my time. I'm redeeming my time from the previous speaker. That's what they know. Redeeming your time actually means try to win back the time that you lost. You and your child have been fighting for 11 years now. You haven't spoken to each other. What are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to play the game of let's see who dies first? Is this what you are doing? Let's see who dies first, and then I'll cry at the funeral or not. Redeeming the time, pulling it back from wasteful activities and applying it to activities that build and bring profit. Profit just means usefulness to your life. It doesn't only mean money. He says, why? Because the days are evil. What could be more evil than the Lord telling us that there is a portal in the earth that causes disturbances to earth, whatever that means, as well as disturbances to time itself. Disturbances to time that make time fluid so that the Lord is telling us time can really favor you, meaning that you're working on something and you have a deadline, but every time you look up, it looks like only 30 seconds has passed. Have you ever experienced that? working against the clock and yet it seems that God is showing you mercy and you are able to get a ton of work done, done and yet you look in time, it says only an hour, but you have felt this was mercy helping me. And yet he says it can harshly work against us because time has been made now wobbly, so to speak, non-fluid. Be temperate with your time. Be wise. Be one who wakes up and has a plan for the day. Don't take it and wing it. He says that CERN can adjust time and space CERN, please listen, CERN can make something that was there not be there. And CERN can make something that was not there be there. And I'm finally now able to say after four years of doing this ministry, you finally understand what's happening to your Bible. Many of you have come here and attacked me and told me, how can I possibly be a messenger of God if I haven't noticed the changes in the Bible? And yet I would simply say things like, how do you know what I know? How do you know what I have noticed and not noticed? How can you have any clue of what is inside me when I am someone who is obedient to God and I will never make the public privy to what is inside me until God says, make it known. Because I don't speak out of turn and that is because I am trained. Now you know what is happening to your Bible. Now you know how the word bottles got into the Bible when it is always said wineskins. Now you know why your Bible from 1973 is saying all the weird things that it's saying. And now you understand why the only answer I ever gave to people who have a bee in their bonnet about this is, are you going to waste time talking about the changes? Or are you going to hide the word of God in your heart before you open it one day and it says once upon a time Elmo went to the city to buy bread? Which is more important? I have always asked. Do you know of another book that changes the lives of men? Do you know of another book that tells the story of the blood that redeems and saves? Do you know of another book that tells you that a savior came down from heaven and shed his blood for our salvation? Do you know of any other book on earth that can make the types of changes in the brokenness of man and make a broken man whole again. If you don't know of another book, which is more important to walk around so everyone can know that you have eyes and have seen the changes or to dive into this thing every day and get what you can out of it. God has told us that they will change the Bible. They will tamper with it. And yet the Bible tells us at the same time that not a jot or tittle of it will ever be changed. Have you ever thought about what seems like a dichotomy? 
The Lord sends prophecy and say, they're going to remove Daniel. They're going to remove Ezekiel. They're going to remove Jeremiah. They will take all the prophets out. They will take out the first five books of Moses. They will take out first and second Thessalonians. They will take out revelation. They will take out every single part that can teach you about the end times. And yet the Bible defiantly says, not one jot or tittle of myself will fall away. So what does that tell you? The Bible in its purest form exists with Christ and in Christ's estimation where Jesus lives not a single thing is changing nothing is being lost for he is the word now do you understand that scripture that you cannot change the Bible because you can't change Jesus Christ who is the living word of God Lord may you live forever and ever as they used to say in the old days oh king live forever may you live forever and ever Lord who will ever change anything about you that's what the scripture means that nothing will pass away. Jesus cannot pass away. He passed away once and he came back perfect. The book may be spoiled, but the word is God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and he was with God in the beginning. And everything that was made, was made, was made through him. Choose your battles, Christians. You are wasting the precious oil in your lamp over next to nothing. You're angry about the Bible changing because of changes that we now understand are spiritual, supernatural, dark magic in nature. And you are overlooking the fact that in five to 10 minutes in heavenly time, they're going to put us in a time where the Bible you're complaining about, you won't be able to get a copy. They catch you with it, they'll burn it and then cut your hand off for breaking the new Sharia law. Are you, are you following the thin thread of wisdom that God has made for us to follow? Why, why are you upset about something that you're not going to be able to touch in the new era? They catch you with the Bible. You're, you'll be charged with treason and sedition and backwardness and disturbing the peace and everything else on earth. You won't even get the book. You will weep and pray for three pages of this book that you're complaining about now. So what is the point? Bless the Lord. Let us return to this original prophecy. The prophecy that you are listening to is called Replication, Clones, and Giants. And now we come down to the part where I can continue. I saw many things while I was in this dream, but not all of them were related to the case that I was fighting. So I was seeing myself fighting the case, but I was seeing a lot of other things. For instance, one of the things I saw is I saw slides of human tissue, human biological material that was looking like sliced salami on glass slides. And then as I was looking at them, so curious, like why are these human samples on this glass slide? I saw this blast of freezing cold air blow over them. And the air blew over them and they hardened immediately on the slides. So it was something, some kind of air that was so cold that it immediately froze the slides right there, instant freezing. And then the slides were carefully put into storage. And the Lord said to me, cryogenesis. And I shared that I learned these two words from God, cryogenesis and stasis. Cryogenesis and stasis are sister terms. Cryogenesis is the process by which you use excruciatingly cold air. I mean, freezing, freezing, freezing cold air. You use that and then it 
instantly freezes a substance. And then stasis is the process that happens after that. When you instantly freeze this thing, depending on how much cold air you apply, the, pro the, the state of stasis results. The state of stasis is where you have been frozen just enough, sort of like a slushy that your blood stops flowing and moving, that your heart no longer is squeezing and pumping blood, keeping your vitals going, your heart begins to perhaps pump like goom. And then take five more minutes to go goom. Such slowed down processes that you're not having your blood singing all through your body and nothing is happening, and the process of aging is absolutely stopped. And when the process of aging is stopped, another process is stopped. That's right, dying. You can stay, because of cryogenesis, in a state of stasis for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years without dying. And if you read the prophecy, what I saw today, or if you look on the channel and look for the one with the Egyptian dog god, what I saw today, you will find out that it was in that prophecy, in that, in that time, that God taught me that things are preserved and they are laying in different parts of the earth, frozen, not to death, frozen until they have pink and rosy cheeks, frozen until they look like they are sleeping. And we have heard of this process in a thousand nursery rhymes and stories because every time a princess comes up against a witch in a Western story, in a British or an American fairy tale, the next thing that happens is that the princess falls asleep and her cheeks are rosy. And then the story tells you something like, and for a hundred years she slept. Excuse me? One hundred years, I said, she slept. But how? Cryogenesis and stasis witchcraft processes that stop death and the princess will be lying there and then they tell you she was waiting for a prince the prince is to be rehydrated and to have the cryogenesis thawed out and the heart will begin to go goom 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 and it will come back to strength and those who are asleep will return Cryogenesis is being used right now as we speak to preserve tissue culture and other modes of storage. But the Lord says that this process here that hardly any people know about, he says it will become outdated in a short time because we are going to see brand new methods of dealing with human skin, bone, and tissue. As the fallen angels get here, they will bring many new wonders into the human population. Here is one of the wonders. I've spoken about it before. The prophecy is called The New Man, December 2020. Skin rejuvenation will be available of up to 50 years. Renewing your external look. Skin rejuvenation of up to 50 years. 50 years younger. Can you see the beauty industry salivating over that? God says you can look 50 years younger for the price of a house. The treatments will certainly cost that much, but there will be many who can access that with no problem. They will go around with young faces reversed by methods that are not yet known to man. Aging will become a thing of the past as diabolical new technology wipes away the years in exchange for a price. You can be young again. You can be strong again, but all it will cost is your soul.
And the Lord says that people will exchange their material soul for temporary immaterial benefits. And I can see now that it was the Holy Spirit that moved me into the passionate preaching that I have done in this video to tell you how precious is your human soul and how deceived you are if you trade it away for some newfangled technology that will give you nothing but temporary lies here on earth and then put you into eternal damnation, separation from God and hellfire when you die. People will exchange their material soul for immaterial temporary benefits, for the shelf life of a demon facial or a demon body lift. These things are extremely temporary. So the demon facial is, for instance, what I've described, that you will be given youth potions, youth elixirs, as I saw them called. You drink it, and then all of a sudden you're back to your 22-year-old face. But he says it's extremely temporary. You will need to go back to do it again because whatever Satan gives you is a trick. It will wear off. You can have your entire body made back young again, but it is extremely temporary. He says they cannot halt the aging process because the aging process is part of the punishment God put on Adam and Eve to die. In order for you to die, you must get old, at least if nothing interrupts the process, such as an accident or a mishap or tragedy. The way it goes now that we are under the punishment of death, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a, a Sikh, whether you follow any other religion, we all die. And that is because this is because of the original curse in the garden. For me, this is one of the strongest arguments that Christianity is the truth because God explains to us, this is why you end in dust. Because I said, from the dust you came into the dust you return. There's no verse like that in the Quran. That verse, can it's an exclusive, it's a breaking news exclusive to the book of Genesis. Bless Jesus. He says they can't halt the aging process. They can only delay it temporarily, but not indefinitely. And he says when you start to age again, it will be far worse. Your body will take revenge on you and you will suffer accelerated aging. So that means you can delay five years and the treatment will look like five years. And then you will wake up one day and you will look like old Mother Hubbard in her 95th year. But you're only 43. What a tragedy. They age you 40 years back and then you age 40 years, 50 years forward. Accelerating, accelerated aging will be experienced. And he said it will send them running back for more in an attempt to delay the inevitable. I said that man will die for his sin and die he shall. You cannot escape or outrun death. By extending life, and renewing it by satanic wonders. Please go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9, where I spoke of all power, all signs, and all lying wonders. This is a lying wonder, if ever you heard of it. Please let us thank God together that the Lord opens the scripture and tells us what these one-liner verses actually mean. Fake de-aging is a lying wonder. Women, please hear and be warned. I said man will die for his sin and die he will, for you cannot outrun or escape death. By extending life and renewing it by satanic wonders, you are simply delaying the inevitable. No, says the Lord of hosts, mankind shall surely die. And after that comes the judgment. And the scripture is, it is appointed for man to die once and after that the judgment. So I saw this freezing air next. It was being blown over sperm and ova. These are male and female, female reproductive. They were being put into cups and they were locked away in deep freezers. I saw people delaying childbirth, 
people in that era were not as interested in children as they used to be. And you can certainly see that now. The young generation keeps saying, who wants to bring a kid into this world? This is the mindset. So your parents brought you into the world and now you feel there's no need to continue because you thought their world was perfect, but yours is different. And so you, you won't have children. They were not interested in having children, but they kept the option open on the shelf just in case they changed their mind. As you listen to this, you will already know that this is the world of people freezing sperm and freezing eggs now. People, on the other hand, were desperate to have children. Other people were freezing things and saying, I'm going to delay that until I'm the CEO at this company. I've got my eye on the CEO position. And so I'm going to delay marriage and I'm going to delay children without marriage or with marriage. And men are like, I'm not ready to be tied down yet, but you know, just in case. But at the same time, I saw in my dream that people were so desperate to have children that this frozen sperm and frozen ova became big, big business. They were desperate for those sperm and ova that had been frozen. And I saw in this dream that they were willing to pay big money for it even if it meant the storage facilities stealing them at the back door and selling them out the back door to the desperate couples. I saw, Lord have mercy, I saw that the fruitful sperm and the fruitful ova, so they have a way to know when they've successfully gotten a good egg and they will tell you, oh no, this was not a good egg. Let's try and harvest again next month. I saw that the good sperm and the good ova was stolen and sold and replaced with duds. A dud means a failure. It means a fake. It means something that, that does not work. It's like buying a firecracker, setting it off and putting your fingers in your ears and you hear nothing and you look and it's on the ground going, that's a dud. That's a useless firecracker. They stole reproductive seed and reproductive eggs. They, they stole the good seed and the good eggs and they reproduced and they replaced it with eggs and sperm from barren people. So people who the, the clinic knows this woman is barren. She has never had a child, but she's still having her monthly. They would bring those people in and pay them money and take seedless sperm, seedless eggs from barren people extract them and relabel them with the same name as the fertile eggs and the fertile sperm of the playful 20 somethings and the playful 30 something men and women who put their active eggs and sperm on ice. I saw immense fraud going on in the IVF clinics. People with access to the freezers were doing things that you should never do. They were baby stealing. And I brought this prophecy here in 2022, near the end of the year. It is called Future Events. Future Events and the Loss of the Sea. If you look in that prophecy, you will see that I said that God showed me many different dynamics going on in the end days. So one of the dynamics where people became playful, people became extremely selfish, people did not want to ruin their beautiful bodies. They wanted to be influencers, and if not, they just wanted to be thin and cute. And so they were not interested in what they saw as the trials and disfigurements of pregnancy. And they also didn't want to tie down. So I saw that marriage became just almost obsolete. It became a joke. Only very few people still wanted to be one man, one wife. 
and things like that. And so um, that was happening. People were holding onto their figure and staying cute. And the other thing that was happening is people were increasingly selfish. Since 2020, I've been saying that because God has been showing it in my dream. People have no interest in legacy. They have a grandfather, they have a father. They're not interested in being parents themselves. And so they are perfectly fine. Many of today's young people, and when I say young, even in their 40s and 50s, they're fine with never procreating. And they're saying, I have my career and my cats and I feel good. And then um, no babies came from them. And so uh, I saw that the baby rate on earth also dropped. And another thing that I saw is what I'm saying here, people were extremely playful, but they wanted to keep the door open for a baby. And so in the 20s and the 30s, I saw people putting their eggs on ice and their sperm on ice, but the IVF clinics were going to town with this and they were selling the good eggs and the good sperm and they were harvesting the back door, paying barren people and just saying, no, we just need these eggs for science. It's for science. And then they would put that stuff right back into the cup that you filled, refreeze it. And then when you would come in at 41, we're ready to conceive. Now you would just get the painful, the painful reveal of your life. And they would tell you, perhaps you kept it on ice too long. It's not a, it's not a guaranteed science. They'll just fold their hands like this and tell you things that will break your heart. They were stealing children for desperate people and selling them for hundreds of thousands of dollars to the guilty exchanging life for death in exchange for money. This means exchanging live seed for dead seed for a payment. And God says that this is the penalty of your vanity. This is what the Lord said in this dream. He said, why did you delay your destiny? Why did you put off the beauty of having a family and of parenthood to cavort? Cavorting is when your monkey, your pet monkey or your goat is very happy or your pet puppy, you fed it and then they just begin to leap and play and jump all around. This is a picture of severe, severe irresponsibility. And when God uses this word, he is basically trying to liken you to when Israel watched Moses go up the mountain to do something serious. And then the minute that man was gone for a while, they said, well, where is this Moses? And they began to have a block party and worship the calf and just do everything that they should not do. Cavorting is never a pleasant word when God is using it for you. He said, why did you put off the beauty of having a family and of being a parent so that you could run around and sow wild oats and just be wild? Why have you exchanged the beauty of my process for partying and fun. You will be robbed and you will be given the dead baby as it was in King Solomon's day. You may not know the story. King Solomon, the wise king, has prayed to God and said, give me wisdom to know how to lead your people. And God gave him wisdom and also riches and honor and everything else. And there was a case in Solomon's kingdom where two ladies, friends living in the same house, gave birth round about the same time. And during the night, one woman rolled over and she rolled over on her baby mistakenly and smothered her and went, smothered the child. And when she woke up and saw that her baby was dead, she took her dead baby and crept over to the other lady and put the dead baby near the woman and then took the woman's live baby and put it near herself. Now babies in the beginning, they look just the same almost. You could almost say one person's baby is another. But as I said recently, a mother knows what she has brought into this earth. And so they woke up and there was a cry, my baby is dead, my baby is, this is not my baby. And the other woman there pretending, what do you mean? What do you mean? And the woman says, this is not my baby, this is your baby. Let me see the baby that you have. 
Yes, that's my baby. And the woman with the live baby, the baby thief, for we aren't speaking of baby thievery at this time. She said, no, this is my baby. And of course, there was a furor, there was noise, and they had to be brought before the judges. And the judges couldn't so solve it. And the case finally came to the wise King Solomon. And he listened to first one piece of evidence and then the other. And then he grew impatient and he said, bring me a sword. I'm going to chop the baby in half. Now, if King Solomon had tried to do it this time, he would be serving a 40-year jail term for so many modern crimes but in the old days wisdom was just allowed to speak because if that wisdom was coming from god it was always going somewhere solomon called for a sword and said that he would chop the baby in half and so they brought the sword and then solomon said bring me the baby and there are many famous pictures of this piece of bible history solomon holding the baby with a mighty sword about to cleave the infant in half and the mother the real mother screams and says my lord Please, do not harm the infant. Allow him to live. And the other woman says, no, 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 it's only fair. Cut him in half, and then we will share him. Since none of us can have the live baby, let none of us have the dead baby. And King Solomon says, take the baby and give him to his mother. And he points to the real mother, for he says, when the infant came to harm the hearts of the real mother cried out. She was willing to let her child go to a fake mom, the baby thief, rather than see his life cut short. But the one whose infant was already dead had nothing to lose. And she said, let this woman feel the same pain that I feel. Kill him also that we have nothing. And that is how King Solomon knew who the real mother was. Well, the Lord says that the punishment for those who are doing the IVF dance of delay, he says that you might be a casualty of getting the dead baby and your live seed will go to a family that has hundreds of thousands of dollars while you were outside cavorting. He says, you who use IVF clinics, you don't know what they're doing to you. He said, in some cases, you are receiving one donor's sperm. Women of the world, are you hearing this? Are you hearing this grave, heartbreaking thing? You are receiving one donor's sperm, some of you. You will bear multitudes of the same man's children, and they will never tell you. You will all become one clan without knowing about each other until the secret comes out. You will all have the same babies. The same characteristics will keep popping up all over again and again, and the clinic will never tell you that they have given one donor who is dedicated to delivering specimens. And they do this because they want to have as many customers as possible being served. So they keep telling you, oh no, he's a doctor. This sample, no, th that's, that's Dr. X. Harvard graduate for sure, top of his class. Oh, that, oh no, he's a nuclear physicist. It's, it's one guy from a university around the corner and he's barely passing his, his bar exams. It's one guy who goes and always they can count on him to come in three times a week. And they just label the samples 1, 2, 15, 30, 91. And then they tell women, oh, no, it's Dr. X. Oh, it's Lawyer X. Oh, it's Fireman Chief X. 
this same father, this same baby. God says that people in this country and people who are using these clinics, watch out. Because he says you will all have one baby. Do you know what that means? That means that let that man have a, a weak heart. And he needs money to pay rent and he lies and says, oh no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm healthy. They're not going to do background checks on him. He comes in with a heart murmur or he comes in with a rare blood disorder. He comes in with a rare blood type that doesn't play well with the other blood types. Or he comes in with asthma and it will show up, the Lord says, in all the babies. One baby you will be having with the same characteristics popping up over and over again. And he said the clinic will never tell you that they just have one or two or five or six dedicated donors that are de dedicated to delivering specimens. And that's because the clinics are greedy for money. Women are really going to these clinics nowadays because the curse of the Lord is already in the earth. The Lord said that you want to be wild. I won't use any name. You want to be wild lady, wild girl in your youth and just roll through bed after bed. He said, I will sour your womb. I spoke of this in the prophecies, dry rivers, dry wombs. He said that female wombs will become hostile wombs. They will reject seed. You will not conceive. This is a biological process, but it is by the hand of the Lord who invented biology. You will not conceive. You will stay barren for the act of whoredoms in your youth. You will not get pregnant. You will not be able to carry less babies on the earth you're desperate for one and you can't get one because of the past that you have not laid at the father's feet and you will need to weep some good tears on those feet follow my example in my dream they want as many customers as possible to be serviced one man will bear a litter says the lord thus says the lord a litter is when you have a dog and she brings you 12 puppies and you're looking at her like really and you have to give all of them away on Facebook and only keep one. That is a litter. One man with 60 children. He said they will all have the same father and different mothers. And then it will be understood at the time these secrets are exposed. You will understand why I said in the Bible, let each man have his own wife and each woman have her own husband. With your own husband, you will know who the father of your children is. With IVF, you just might be part of a 97-strong clan. And if you don't believe me, there's a famous case. The doctor has been exposed, and I think it is a Netflix documentary now, of a doctor who thus far they have found for him 91 children or something like that. And the children are gobsmacked. They all have brilliant blue eyes. They all have blonde hair. And you know what else they have? They all have their same autoimmune disease that begins to kick in when they enter their 30s or something like that. So this is the word that the Lord has given me. Just a moment, please. This is the full prophecy that the Lord has given me. The title of this prophecy, even though it has many moving parts within it, the title of this prophecy is Replication, Clones, and Giants, received July the 4th, 2023. A prophecy that covers issues that have been burning on the hearts of many Christians, for this is what the Lord told me. Celestial, when you make this video, it will answer many questions in the hearts of the church. This prophecy is full of admonition. It means warning. Admonition, please understand. And admonition is bur always born of love. 
Admonition is not born of a, of a desire to show you, oh, look how much I know. No, knowledge as it comes from God is always given to protect Knowledge protects. If someone knows that a man is a bad match for you and he doesn't tell you, that person doesn't love you. Somebody who watches you get into a bad marriage, a woman that has a checkered past, a woman known for breaking two other men, perhaps in two different states, and you know her from where you grew up with her and you see her with your buddy and say nothing, that is not love. Knowledge, if it puffs up, it is useless. But if knowledge is brought forth with the intention to protect, to save, to snatch out of the fire, then it is a very good thing indeed. Admonition is warning out of knowledge. Now that you have the knowledge, you will be better positioned to protect yourself and to also pass it on to who will listen and protect them. I am Celestial and this is The Master's Voice. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with me. You can follow The Master's Voice on many different platforms such as SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. That's an audio format. It's very good. If you are behind the curve, it will help you to catch up much faster than you think. It's also available here on YouTube, the channel you're watching. There's another YouTube channel called Canal Profetico, La Voz del Señor. That's in Spanish. There is a blog by the same name. There is also BitChute, Rumble, and Brighteon. And on those three, you can find out things that are no longer able to be hosted here, such as the zombie prophecies and such as the C-19, the 2020, what happened with that. All those prophecies are available. And on BitChute and Brighteon, they are under what is called the medical playlist. So may the Lord God bless you. May the Lord God keep you. May the Lord God make his face to shine upon you and always, always, always help you to maintain peace with what he is saying. Until I see you again, God bless you and goodbye.